Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Hey folks, I am excited about today and I hope you are too. We're going to be talking uh, in depth about the sermon from this past uh, Sunday night as we're talking about choosing. Uh, I just so appreciate uh, Brother Terry singing the song that he sang, just a wonderful and beautiful song by Ivan Parker uh, and Terry did it justice. There's no doubt about it. Uh, folks, here's the thing and we, we kind of, we, you know, we skirt along this. We talk about it a little bit, but we're going to get in a little bit deeper today. And that, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the fact that what happens inside of us is what's most important. Um, we know we live in a broken world. We know we live in a broken world. Uh, politicians have always, really, for the most part, been politicians. Uh, they do what. Uh, they get joked about doing. They generally cheat, steal, lie, and all of those things as a general rule. Now, there certainly are great and good statesmen that uh, that need to be applauded, but uh, there are some awful ones. There are some awful ones out there. So when we look at the world and everything that's going on, you know, nothing's going to change as far as evil fighting good. Evil is always going to come against us. Evil is always going to be on the opposite side of where we are as Christians. Now, uh, certainly there is some uh, there are there are those who uh, mess up and end up on the side of evil at times and have to repent and get back right with God. They pay a price and and all of those things. Uh, but as a general rule, the people in government, when uh, we don't elect the right ones, uh, can make it very hard on Christians. Okay, and there are an awful lot of them doing that these days. Uh, they found a. They found a way through some illness and sickness and things like that to to uh, to put some uh, major restrictions across the nation. Uh, we are now uh, at the tail end, hopefully, although we talk about a second wave of COVID nineteen. Um, but you know the numbers go up. They don't not act, you know active cases are certainly staying steady with the number that they're showing. People are getting people are getting tested and all of those things. There's politicians saying you ought not sing in church, and there are politicians who say you ought not even have church. And then there are those who are you know looking at the Bible as hate speech and who are already making plans to have laws. If it, you know the Democrats are elected, they're going to have laws that point us to uh, to certain uh, passages that are, that are hate speech and such, maybe even demand that we not preach on those things like they do in Canada and other nations around the world. Uh, we are a nation that sports uh, LGBTQ as a, as a, as a whole. Uh, certainly Christians should not, but we are a nation that does that. We're a nation that pumps out an awful lot of evil into the world. We have the resources to do it, and we do it um, better than anybody, it seems like, which is all to point to the fact that all of this thing that we're is happening to us, we certainly want to see revival. We want to see God do some amazing things in the United States of America, and He will if His people if His people will repent. Now, next Sunday, uh, it is my hope and uh, joy even to be speaking about that very issue, about that repentance part of it, and uh, and I'm looking I'm looking so very forward to that. I I, re- I really am. I just I get start getting excited on Monday, the Sunday after I've already preached. I start getting excited on Monday if God's given me the message by then, uh, you know, to bring 
to his people. Here is uh, here's one thing, though, folks. All of this stuff, all this being said, all of this evil that's out there, uh, all of the things that we have to be, um, be uh, aware of, I will tell you this. What happens on the inside of us is up to us. You know, we see all of this, and we certainly should be righteously angry and have plans to uh, rebuke it, to pray against it, to stand opposed to it. But we also must be very, very careful about the things that are going on inside of us. You know, because what we talked about in the in the, the sermon I choose is there are people out there, uh, non-believers and believers, who are going to tell you that it's too hard a task to move forward. Uh, I'm not going to be in Numbers chapter 13, but if you want to go back and read that chapter just to be kind of catch up on what it is we're talking about right now, then uh, then I, that would be that'd be fantastic. Uh, you just pause where we are right now, go and read Numbers chapter 13. Certainly want you to be in Joshua chapter 24 later on too. But um, but for right now, you can pause and you can you can um, read those and then come back to the come back to what we're talking about. So if you are doing that right now, I'm glad you're back. And now we are now let's let's get into the nitty gritty of this. Um, you know, just hadn't been long ago that I preached on these verses, preached on, you know, the spies and their, their, uh, you know, contradiction of what God had promised, which was, Hey, I can, we can send you into the promised land and I will deliver you. God says they come back. Spies come back. This is early on in this whole trick. They come back. They say, no, we can't do it. All but Caleb and Joshua, Caleb and Joshua are adamant that they can indeed go into the promised land. That's the kind of person that I enjoy and that I like. I'm telling you, those are the, those are the type of people that are going to get you going somewhere. We can make this. We can do this. Revival is coming. We can, we can, uh, we're all going to make it through this together and it's going to be an incredible, credible time doing it. Okay. Now, uh, just to just to reach out there and say, look, when you're looking at the spies, they've gone into the promised land. Uh, Israel has been delivered from Egypt. They have an opportunity to go into the promised land. Here are these spies standing there defying God and saying, we cannot make it in, and even wanting to kill Caleb and Joshua because they wanted to go in to the promised land. So when we got to talking about those spies and such, you know, we can decide to agree with the spies and be on the wrong side of God, or we can decide that we are going to believe that God will do exactly what he says because uh, God has never failed us in his promises. Now, we have failed him, failed to keep our part of some of these promises, but he has never failed us. And um, so when we look at this, uh, when we look at these following things, you know, I'm going to talk through them and preach through them the other night, but I think we still need to, we need to look at them and look deeply into them. Um, you know, the first thing, you know, we talked about that night was they want me complaining, but I choose obtaining there. There are so many people. I mean, you can have a, you can have a group of people get together and you're always going to need those realists in your group. I get that. I understand that. I'm not really talking about the realist when I'm, when I describe this in a moment, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the person who, uh, who has nothing better to do, but to find fault in what you're doing and to try to stop it. Okay. So you know, they're, they're giving the report. The spies are giving the report of the land, the promised land, the land where, you know, people are carrying, you know, two, uh, you know, two people have to carry the grapes. I saw some pictures of, of grape clusters like that, and it just amazes me. I mean, it's crazy how big those grape clusters are. 
that that take you know two people to to pick them up and carry them. Uh, just a tremendous piece of creation from God. It just is. But they were going, and they even admit, hey, this is a beautiful land. This is a beautiful land. And Christians, this is a beautiful idea that you may want for revival, and you may want to see the nation healed and and uh, following God. And wouldn't that be nice and all? But they say, yeah, but, yeah, but. Yes, it is flowing with milk and honey. Yes, it does have all the things that have been promised to us in it. Um, but we can't take it. We can't take it. Uh, we, I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. They want me to complain like they do. They, they want me to join in their gang. And when I don't join in their gang about complaining all the time, then suddenly I'm the bad guy. Suddenly I don't see what they see. Suddenly I don't have the vision that they see that they have. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's a matter of, it's a matter of Christians who are standing for Christian values, for Christian, the Christian walk, walking with God. Um, those people and, and being able to say, okay, we're going to stand by God's word, not our own word or not even the word of a, another man, but we're going to stand by God's word and we're going to follow him no matter what. And we're going to follow him into his promises. God does, will, does promise us that he'll heal our land and he'll, he'll touch us and that he'll, he'll even send us into our own temporary type uh, promised land in the sense that we can have revival and have the nation turn back to him. It's never going to be perfect. Nobody's saying it's going to be perfect, but it's going to be, um, closer to what we are supposed to be. And it can happen. You know, evil is rampant in the world today, but you know, they're going to complain. They're going to complain too strong. The, the cities are walled off by the Amorites and the, and the Canaanites and the, you know, all of those different Amorites, all of those people that, that might get, um, in the way they're going to, uh, they're going to complain and they're going to complain and they're going to complain about obstacles. And it, like we say everywhere, that is part of the process. Obstacles, pains, uh, disruptions even, uh, are part of this process of getting the, to the success that is yours, whether the secular or faith field. Um, the fact of the matter is whenever you try to reach out and do something, you can rest assured that the devil is going to try to stop you. And all those people who basically are not, I'm not saying that those people are, you know, influenced by the devil, but I am saying that they are influenced maybe by fear. They're influenced by a number of, of things that are keeping them from the full promise of God, from the full promise of God. They want me complaining. Now, I choose obtaining. I choose I choose to allow God to do some you know great things in me. I, I choose to allow him to bring revival and I choose, you know, I choose for him to bring changed lives and save souls. Uh, I trust him to do that because he's God and he promises that if I'll do what I'm supposed to do in the sense now I'm not talking about salvation sense. I'm talking about in my blessings. You know, because salvation is free, but blessings and such are not. They're just not. You know, the fact that we're his child is wonderful, and he certainly will give us something from that. It certainly rains on the on the just and the unjust. I mean, he he has all kinds of gifts out there for all of us. Um, but I'm going to believe and obtain. I'm not going to sit there and complain. I'm going to be grateful for what I already have. I'm going to be grateful for what God is doing. I mean, why why wouldn't we want? to do some amazing work for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Uh, they want me to complain. They want me to fuss. They want me to fight. They want me to do all those things. But I choose I choose obtaining, and I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of that. Um, now, I mean, of course, there's a... The, you know, we talked about it the other day. Uh, we talked about the fact that, uh, you know, in, in the sermon and all, um, we talked about they want me whining, but I choose winning. Uh, and, and that's... Let me tell you something. That is critical, folks. That is critical. There are so many people that whine, and they whine about stuff they have absolutely no intention of doing anything about. I cannot tell you 
how many people send me things about politics and it'll be this article and it'll be this article and it'll be that article. And I say, well, what are you going to do about it? If you're not going to do anything about it, then don't bother sending it. I don't need to just read this stuff and let it corrupt my head. That's fine. I, I want to know what's going on in the world. Don't get me wrong. But if you don't plan on doing anything, what's the point of sending it? So we can just get angry? Or are you going to be on your knees every day praying that some of this can can change? Um, but they they want me to whine. They want me to they want me to act like you know that that um, that everything is uh, everything is a problem. And then there's you know and and I said even Sunday night I said look you know they think the problem is global warming. The problem is global whining. We're whining about how much money we have. Why don't we have as much money as that person? Why don't we have as much food as that person? Why don't we have the clothes they have? Why don't we? Doesn't even matter that we should be investing time and effort and sweat equity into something enough to get those things. We just want somebody to hand them to us or somebody to steal them from somebody else and give them to us. And that's just not going to work folks. I'm not going to be a whiner. I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to, it is, it is, it is my goal to see um, winning happen in Christians lives. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of that at all. And I'm not, I am ashamed of the fact that sometimes I do whine and I do complain when I know plenty of people who, uh, who are hurting uh, so much more than me. And, uh, and so I just, it, it just aggravates the fool out of me, just aggravates the fool out of me that I could be that ungrateful. I want to be grateful. I want to be a winner, not a whiner. Um, I'll tell you something else too, folks. I'm, you know, they want me frustrated, but I choose to focus. And here is, I, I can tell you, let me, let me tell you this. I started losing my sight now, not as in a blindness kind of sight, but losing my 2020 vision at the age of 40. Um, and that's what everybody said. Hey, when you turn 40, just wait to what happens to your eyes. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I hit there one morning, I got up and I went into the kitchen and, uh, grabbed me a box of cereal, sat it right there in front of me. And as was my custom during that time, I would read the cereal box. Um, I had probably read that particular cereal box three or four times, but I was reading it once again and the words were blurry. And I was like, my goodness. So I rubbed my eyes and I looked at it. It was blurry again. So I, I don't know. I got away for a little bit, rubbed my eyes. And I said, this can't be happening. But sure enough, I had to push the box back and back and back and back until I could make out the words. And I said, this really is happening. I really am losing my Really am losing my uh, my reading sight and that kind of thing like that, and I just uh, oh my goodness gracious, what am I what am I um, what am I going to do um, and and everything? But my focus it was a little bit difficult to focus on certain words and things, and even now it's like okay, I've got to get the reading glasses out to focus on these things. Okay, I got to get out. I I need to focus on his his uh, finished work on the cross. I need to focus on that rather than focusing on anything else. I need to focus first and foremost on his finished work on the cross. And then on his deliverance, his his uh, his protection. I, I, need, I need to I need to his truth, his heart, uh, his promises. I need to focus on those because the world has plenty for me to focus on that I do not need to even bother with. I can promise you that. I need to just toss it out, toss it in the trash, whatever it may be. Joshua and Caleb chose to be focused. Here they were in the midst of an argument with ten other people. I mean, it's two of them, ten of the others, and they're saying, "Guys, do not believe the report of." Of these 10 spies, they, they don't get it. We can go in and do this. We can. But it's so amazing how quickly human beings gravitate toward bad uh, advice. 
toward bad advice. You tell somebody something that scares them to death and it doesn't matter what kind of fact they put in front of them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could put the stats right in front of them, the truth in front of them. Now, politically, everybody gets on board and says, yeah, Ryan, you're exactly right. We'll show them these, we'll show them these numbers about, you know, this killing and that killing and how it's nothing, you know, and, 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 uh, but man, when it comes to scaring somebody about their health, if you start throwing out some numbers out there, they don't give a rip about that. You have made them so fearful. So fearful that um, that they will do anything to keep from uh, to keep from getting sick, and uh, it, it 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 it's crazy out there. But uh, I choose to stay focused. I choose to stay focused on the Lord. I'm certainly going to take care of myself as best I can. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to focus on what He has done, um, and, and I'm going to focus on revival, and 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 uh, I'm going to focus on being like Joshua and Caleb and saying, look, whatever God has told us, we can do. We can. Uh, I certainly want to see. Uh, I certainly want to see God do some amazing stuff here. They want me to be frustrated, but I'm just going to choose to be focused. I'm not, I, I, occasionally I'm going to get frustrated. That's just the I, the male in me, I guess. I don't know, but I know that women get frustrated. I know that kids get frustrated, and teenagers get frustrated, and old people get frustrated. I mean, I understand all of that. I get it. But here's the thing, you know, I've I've got to in the midst of that. I gotta say, wait a second, I can't stay frustrated. I'll never accomplish anything if people in your face trying to get in your head and trying to get you to uh, go off course. They do that in order that you can't think clearly enough to uh, fight the battle you're in. So please, whatever you do, make sure you stay strong. Make sure you stay focused. Then there is this. Then there is this. They want me to cower. They want me to cower. And I choose to use courage. Okay. I can tell you there is a, there's a young girl named Amaris that our Sunday school teacher, I mean, our Sunday school class is, uh, is having us pray for. Okay. And Amaris Bedford is, uh, at St. Jude Children's Hospital. And she is a wonderful little girl and she has cancer. And I think about, you know, a lot of times I see, um, a lot of times I see these commercials and I may see an ad on YouTube or I may see a commercial on TV or a fundraiser on TV, but I can just tell you what a, what a, what an amazing thing to see the courage in these people. Think about this. Here's a hospital in St. Jude. It doesn't charge the family a penny. If they decide to take your child on, they're going to have them up there, study, study them, take care of all of the expenses. So when people are able to pay and send donations into St. Jude, it is so important because these children are taken care of and these parents are taken care of. But you talk about the courage. When you, when you look, there's nothing more the devil would want them to do. Just cower down and give up. You say, oh, that's so cruel. That's what the devil is. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That is exactly what the devil is. I'm not going to cower, okay? I'm just not going to do It's just not me. There are plenty of people who would be willing for me to do that and actually are, you know, encouraging. Hey, listen, sometimes you just got to give in there. But there are issues you cannot give in on. You've got to be courageous. You've got to say, we want to see America great, great uh, spiritually again, not just financially again. For heaven's sake, we're going to work our way out of that. I hope, but um, we want to see the United States. Uh, we want to see it spiritually healthy. We want to see revival move through the land. We want to see revival move through our youth. We want to see revival move through our children. We want to see revival move through our grownups. Uh, it, it just goes on and on. 
and on and on. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to uh, just tell you folks, I'm just going to give you the truth. And that is we are going to have to be courageous through all of this. Um, we're going to have to take on some things that we never have had to take on before. We're going to have to do it and we're going to have to do it with, um, with joy because there are an awful lot of people out there who would rather, Hey, let's just, let's don't cause any trouble. Let's don't, let's don't kick up the dust. Let's don't start anything. Um, let's just do our job and get on out of here. And that's exactly how a country falls apart is nobody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and they know they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and, and, and here's the next one. Here's the next one, folks. They want me to be lukewarm. I choose to be fired up. Now, I want you to remember, I want you to remember this, okay? Lukewarm. God hates lukewarm attitudes. It, I'm just telling you. He'd rather see a cold one than a lukewarm one for heaven's sake. Somebody who says, hey, I'm a Christian and doesn't do anything about it. That's awful. Somebody says, hey, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord, but nobody can tell it outside of church. That ain't what he's talking about. He wants to see you fired up, not lukewarm, not lukewarm. And uh, and that that's that, that's critical, folks. Because I know what happens. You, you go to church for so long. You've been in church for so long. And then all of a sudden, you know, hey, we did this last year. We did this year before. We did this year before. We did this year before. And it becomes monotonous to you. But I'm going to tell you something. If you ever fall into the lukewarm, God will spew you out. He wants nothing to do with a lukewarm Christian. Nothing to do with a lukewarm Christian. You you have to be strong in all of this. You have to be strong. And uh, and I hope I hope that you say, look, you know, I'm going to be fired up for him. I'm going to get excited for God. Not many people do that anymore. And it's a doggone shame that they don't. It's a doggone shame that they don't. Um, I see some people, you know, they get they get um, get stared at and such because they get excited about the Lord. I get excited about the Lord. And uh, and within within the realm of, of reverence, I try to be reverent at the same time. But there are times when you man, you just got to let it loose for the Lord and sing as loud as you can. And and hey, if you wanted to dance, if you wanted to have a good time and, and, and praise the Lord at the same time, that's, you know, that's completely up to you. But um, we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to get past lukewarm and get all the way to uh to to fire it up because that's exactly what we need we need excitement we need uh we need people turning from turning from uh, hell and going uh to heaven instead we need people who are witnessing with power and mercy and might and how you witness out there in this world is you have these things that people uh you you have something about you that's that's so enticing and so uh, attractive to them they're like what is going on with you why are you like you are and then let me say this. Some people are not attracted to that. Some people are repelled by that. But there are some who are being drawn to Christ already that that need that need that that need that from people who are uh, who, who, who can help them get through this and can they can watch and they can say, hey, look, that's exactly what I need. So, guys, listen, when you know, you're not drawing, you're not drawing or pushing people away. Rather, you are drawing them in by your fired up nature about God. You know, there are too many people that just are humdrum, Eeyore type people. And God's like, what are you doing? Please. You know, you've got to. Do you really believe I saved your soul? Do you really do you really believe? Do you really believe that um that I can do anything for you that I choose to do? If you did, you would be far more excited than you are. Charles Spurgeon once said this. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, when you're talking about hell, now I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it's all I'm you know, I haven't read it for a long time, but this is the basis of what he said. And he said, When you're talking about hell, you talk about um um 
You know, when you know, when you're talking about heaven, when you're talking about heaven, you know, smile and get excited and get get fired up about it and 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 tell them about tell them about that Jesus that saved your soul, that that you're excited, that you that it's wonderful, that it's great. I mean, tell them about everything that they can encounter in heaven between God and the angels and the praising and the worship and all these. things. Tell them. But when you're talking about hell, your everyday face will do just fine. So now, wait a second. Your everyday face will do just fine? If you're talking about hell, that means there's an awful lot of you know self-proclaiming Christians who are walking around with an with a Eeyore face. Oh, me. Yeah, I'm saved. Why don't you come to church? No, 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 no. That's not what he wants. He wants a fired-up group of people to love him and to cherish him and to worship him. And that is what he wants beyond uh, a shadow of a doubt. And, and guys, look, 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 instead of being lukewarm, you have a choice. You have a choice, okay? You can choose to smile, and I want you to choose that. You can choose to smile. Make sure you do that. Make sure you choose to be joyful. Make sure you choose to be right with God. Make sure you choose not to be angry all the time. Make sure you choose forgiveness. Make sure you choose that these things that are going on inside of us. They want me to be lukewarm. They don't want me to go into the promised land. They're scared to go and fight for it. They wish it could just be handed to them. How many people do you know that absolutely want something handed to them and want um and, and and don't want to have to work for it or hurt for it or strain for it or anything else. How many people do you know like that? I know that you know plenty. And folks, that's not what God's about. He wants you excited. He wants you uh, on fire. He wants you to know how much you uh, how much he wants you to know how much he loves you. And he also wants you to him. To, he wants he wants proof then of how much you love him. And that is our, what kind of an effort are you putting into the life that you are living for him? Does it look like a miserable life like nobody would ever want to live that? Or does it look like a life they would want to live? A life of excitement and joy and certainly some self-discipline. But that there comes joy with that. Um, just an incredible incredible testimony that you could give the world that I have been through all of this, but I still serve the Lord. What a great, great thing. And so here, you know, here's the thing. If you're talking about heaven, put that big smile on your face. You're talking about hell. Just use that everyday face folks. Oh my goodness. How about change that? <laughs> we don't want you to have that face uh, anymore. All right, then let's do this. All right. So we got just a couple more minutes and we're going to take them too. All right. So they want security. They want security. I choose opportunity. You're never going to accomplish anything if you don't take some risk. You're going to have to take some risk. It is part of life. You can hide. Of course you can hide. Here's the easiest thing for you to do. If you do not want to accomplish anything, don't do anything. If you don't want to do anything of any significance, just stay quiet and don't say anything. And that's the devil would love nothing more. Just just be the non-active Christian. He doesn't care if you get saved. I mean, if that's been done, he's he's already given that that part. He's fine. But if he can make you uh, a carnal Christian, or if he can make you uh, uh, not want to do anything and just be lazy, then he'll certainly do it in a heartbeat. And he'll love doing every second of it. He'll love it, uh, which is just just awful. I mean, if somebody's going to build a building, they're not going to do it without sweat. Um, and muscles being built, they, they can't do it without pain. And, uh, you, and you just can't, uh, you know, anything worth having is going to be risky at times. And that means you're going to have to go against the, the, the enemies and the, and the and obstacles and all of those things, uh, to get through. And, uh, 
and, and, and start a new beginning. I mean, there's an old saying that says, I can't go back and make a new beginning, but I can start today and make a new future. And you can do that, okay? Stop worrying about being so dang secure and safe. Oh, my goodness. Doing things for God and being with God and around God and serving God is anything but safe. There is no such thing as safe except in his arms, knowing that no matter what happens to me as a result of serving him, that I'll be with him one day. Um, and that is that is tremendous thing to be looking at. So, folks, I mean, it, it comes down to this. You're going to have to continue to choose. Choose what you're going to do. If they want you to sit down and and and. Uh, and shut up, then what you want to do is you want to, uh, you want to stand up and speak out. Stand up and speak out. If they want you to sit down and shut up, you need to stand up and speak out. And I hope that you will do that because they do want us to shut up and they do want us to sit down and all of those things. And it's just so aggravating, folks. It's so aggravating to believe that we won't stand up for what we believe in to speak out for what we believe in. And, uh, and you know, I, I think, I think one day, I think one day there's going to be an opportunity. There's going to be an opportunity to give everything we got to this new revival, to this new spirit of God that is rampant in America. I really believe we're going to have that opportunity. And I thank God for that. I do because I'm, I'm glad I'm going to get to live through it. I'm glad I'm going to get to live in it this revival uh this revival season and uh, and i don't just mean the happy clappies i mean revival season in a repentance fashion and i am so glad that we have an opportunity to choose how we're going to let things happen inside us and how we're going to respond to things that are happening to us on the outside joshua and caleb responded with yes we can make it in and here's the thing when everybody voted against them they still stuck with it they still stuck with it listen to me pastors and those that are in authority um you know, even if even if uh, you know there is a vote that says that doesn't go your way, and ultimately you just try to you try to eat that up for a minute and figure out what went wrong and go at it again some other time. So uh, that's uh, that's generally generally what we um, are doing. But hey, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. We've got Joshua chapter twenty four. Joshua chapter twenty four. After all this, what happened with the Israelites and with with Joshua? Then in Joshua twenty four, he's an old man and he's looking back and he's. He's kind of giving some information, kind of giving us some of that old man wisdom. And he brings them all together and he says these words. He says a bunch of words, but we're just going to stick with these right now. It says, if it, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the outer side of the flood, uh, on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that is the best message ever. It is my hope, friends, that you will choose that you will choose uh, opportunity over security. It is my goal, friends, that you will choose to dance over being disregarded, that you will choose to be better over choosing to be bitter, and that you will no, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, that you will choose to be focused when you should be fr- when when they want you frustrated that you'll choose courage when they when they want you to cower i believe you will do that i think you'll choose winning when they want you whining and that will be amazing to her amazing to everybody that you see and, and everybody that everybody has an opportunity to uh, to witness what it is that you're doing they want me to complain and i'm going to obtain all of these things all of these things these are choices inside listen to me these are choices inside of you that you get to make i'm so proud that god allows us to make those choices 
We don't have to go along with the crowd. We can stand firm. They did not take Caleb and Joshua did not take their ball up and go home when they got voted down. They kept rocking and rolling, kept serving, and eventually it came around to what it is that they wanted. And that was the promised land. None of the others got to see the promised land, but Caleb and Joshua got to see the promised land along with the future generations that, that made it in and had to fight for it. That's another story for another day. Joshua chapter 24 says, In whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord, folks. Oh, my goodness. And let me just say from Ryan Christopher's home, choose today whom you may serve, whom you'll serve. But as for me and my house, let me just tell you, as for me and my house, as for me and my home, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's the choice I make inside. And I hope you're making good choices too. Lord bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.